0: Welcome back to the podcast of the Royal New Zealand College of Urgent Care. My name is Guy Melrose and I've mentioned several times on this podcast how I go about deciding on topics uh, to cover and one of the inspiring things for me is when I come across something that I don't understand or I've never seen before. And um, another thing I often say is I encourage people to email in to podcast at rnzcuc.org.nz when they have something they want to comment on or a suggestion or an interesting case. So today we have an example where these two things have come together because we have a condition that I have never heard of, and it was suggested via a, a suggestion to the email. So it's with great pleasure to welcome Dr. Tim Brabants to the podcast. Tim is a UK-trained doctor who's worked in uh, the UK and South Africa, mainly in emergency medicine and is now here in New Zealand and is a senior registrar with the Urgent Care College. And uh, Tim emailed the podcast with a case that he'd come across, which um, uh, goes by the title of Corona Mortis. And um, thankfully, Tim was not only just keen to bring this to my attention, he was also keen to chat about it. So thank you, Tim, for uh, joining the podcast today. What I'd like to ask you first of all is maybe just to talk about your case um, that you had um, and just take us through the the sequence of events from presentation to diagnosis and then we'll chat about the relevance to urgent care afterwards.
1: Thanks Guy. So my case involves a 78 year old gentleman who I saw in the um, trauma department in the UK as a in the majors area. He'd fallen off a mobility scooter that had gone around a corner and he wasn't held in and he dropped out the side and landed on his right hip so he presented into the emergency department with right hip pain and difficulty weight bearing was able to put some weight on his hip so he went through the standard um, triage bloods had a pelvic x-ray and a hip x-ray which revealed a superior pubic ramus fracture there was no need for any further imaging at that stage because he's hemodynamically stable his bloods are all normal Everything was as expected and we were waiting for physios to assist with his mobility, pain relief to be on board uh, and then to get him home, which is the standard practice for most pubic ramus fractures. After a, a couple of hours of waiting, as you'd expect in that environment, he um, suddenly deteriorated, became hypotensive, pale and less responsive and was immediately moved around from the majors area to the resus area where he was then treated for Presumed hemorrhagic shock into the pelvis, and sent for a CT angiogram of his um, of his pelvis and abdomen. The angiogram revealed a, a vascular anom- anomaly or an anastomosis between the obturator artery and the internal iliac artery um, that was bleeding, and it runs just along the medial border of the superior pubic ramus, and this had been sheared in the fracture process, and it's something that's. A surprisingly common that we <laughs> may see um, and he was then ended up having a resuscitation with fluids initially and then blood and had a urgent transfer to interventional radiology and had an embolization of the um, bleeding vessel and made a, made a good recovery after that.
0: So initially when you mentioned this uh, you mentioned the term corona mortis which is the uh, crown of death um, and when I uh, hear that, um, this is because this is a, a, a potentially fatal injury. Um, obviously, you had a good outcome. And then you mentioned that you'd seen it in a trauma department of a, of a, an ED. So my initial thoughts were, how likely are we to see this in urgent care? But then the case you've just described was a semi-walking person who has a sort of fracture that we might diagnose. And certainly I've seen them, um, pubic ramus fractures through urgent care. So it f- seems quite likely that we might encounter this, and um, different studies seem to have suggested different numbers, but it's certainly north of a third and maybe slightly south of two-thirds of people might have this variant, so it's not that uncommon as a variant, and therefore if you get the right fracture to injure it, you could succumb in this way.
1: Yes, it's um it's an interesting variant as well because it can be an arterial or a venous variant so it can join between the artery or the iliac
0: vein. And um does that change anything in terms of prognosis from your In terms
1: of the speed of deterioration whether it's a venous ooze versus an arterial right. spurt.
0: So I think um if we were to think here about an urgent care setting, um, you might, let, let's take a 70-year-old person who's had a fall and has some hip pain but is partially weight-bearing. The waited ED is eight hours long, so they trundle into an urgent care clinic and you rightly send them for an x-ray and it shows a pubic ramus fracture. And um, at what point would you then think that you should be thinking of the corona mortis and when is this person safe to send home?
1: I think that's one of the most difficult things to know. I mean, we assess patients always with our A, B, C, D, E approach. Um, I guess being aware of it as in the back of your mind, even though it's a relatively common variant, we very (laughs) relatively rarely see somebody with a bleeding (laughs) vessel like that. But I think certainly in any patient that A is on anticoagulants, B is showing some labile um, observations or increasing abdominal pelvic pain. Um, which initially you could put down to being as a cause of the fracture it could also be peritonitic irritation because of blood mm-hmm. in the pelvis or in the abdomen. Um, so I think it's that the main thing is having being aware of it, of what to look for and what to be aware of if the patient were to deteriorate, and uh, and giving a, appropriate safety netting advice.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Uh, one of the cases I found um, presented, I think, from 2012, uh, there, there was a, a case study of, a, of just this case, a 70-year-old with a pubic rame fracture, and they'd actually observed for 24 hours in hospital, then sent home, and it was 72 hours afterwards that they presented with um, signs of shock and, and an abdominal mass. And um, and so, obviously, we're not going to keep people for 72 hours for, for this, and um, but but I think the key thing here is what you just said was safety netting would prevent somebody from maybe not returning um, if they start to feel unwell with this injury. And I think the other interesting thing is the idea that we should probably be doing multiple sets of observations on an elderly person who's broken a a pubic ramus, just so that by the time they're discharged home, we know that they're hemodynamically stable.
1: yeah, and with elderly patients, I think it's also being aware of the other medications that they're on because they don't necessarily mount the same physiological responses that younger adults do. Uh, so if they're on beta blockers, they might not mount tachycardia. Mm-hmm. There yeah, might be a, a late state, a late sign. Um,
0: yeah, that's a good point. And so I think probably thinking about the current state of urgent care clinics, there are long waits. There's probably a, a, a push to get patients in and out. This is probably one that we maybe need to take a little bit, just a pause maybe and think, okay, they've got a pubic ramus fracture. Uh, Are they on anticoagulants? What are their observations? Are there any trends going in the wrong direction? And as you say, is there any reason why they haven't mounted a a, a tachycardia? And um, have you ever encountered this other than the case that you've just presented? Have you ever run into any other
1: I haven't yet. Um, what we have seen in urgent care here, several times where people have essentially walked in with um, impacted neck femur fractures. So it's, it's, and there are, we do see uh, pubic ramus fractures here. So I think it's it's something that we probably will see again. Um, and a lot of these things you, you might not realize that's occurred and they might auto embolize and there's a chance that we do see, see them that we, we're not aware of where the patient has, um, Manage to clot off the the vessel themselves if it's a small tear, but anticoagulants would be one of the most concerning features.
0: So, would you consider maybe speaking to orthopedics in an anticoagulated elderly person with a pubic ramus fracture, or would we wait for any signs of hemodynamic instability? or other, other signs that may suggest it first? I
1: think it would be reasonable to have that discussion, um, and, but you've got to treat the patient as well in front of you, so if it's a patient that lives on their own with no mode of transport and you know, lives relatively remotely, which we see quite frequently here, people travel an hour to come and see us, they're probably not the ones that you necessarily want to send home in a hurry. Mm. Um, so. And waiting until somebody deteriorates isn't always the best plan because then you're in a, a situation where you need an emergency resuscitation if they do start to lose significant blood volumes mm. into the pelvis. Um,
0: That's a good point. I'd, going back to saying you know, there's a pressure for us to actually both not refer unnecessarily to hospital and also clear our waiting times. Uh, this is maybe one of those situations where we should be stopping and thinking because talking about this being something I didn't know about, I'm surprised that something that is as prevalent a, a, a variant uh, is something that I haven't heard of before. Um, it's not like this is a one in a thousand. This is like a th- between a third and two-thirds of people have one of these variants, and therefore if you're in that cohort and you, you have a fall and the fracture injures this um, this corona mortis adequately enough to to cause some bleeding then then I'm surprised we maybe don't see it as as much
1: by the very name of it as well it, I think it generally is an unfavorable outcome yeah
0: yeah it it definitely um does exactly what it says on the tin there doesn't it it, it puts everything front and center it's the crown of death um so yeah I think it's a, i guess if we had to summarize this for an urgent care uh, population who sees Elderly people who walk in with hip trauma, and as you say, we we see people with neck and femur fractures, uh, pubic ramal fractures. This isn't. Um, it, if you read the literature, there are more common occurrences in very high-speed uh, road traffic accidents. People with severe pelvic trauma. There are incidences of people with iatrogenic injuries during surgery, uh, particularly urological surgery and orthopedic surgery. Um, so obviously there are those cases that you'll find in the literature, but there is this subset of people who can have a hip trauma, walk into an urgent care clinic and have a fracture that could be just brewing something, bleeding into their pelvis. Um, and I guess it's having that stop and think. And, um, and if in doubt, speak to orthopaedics. Uh, perhaps if you have somebody who's old, anticoagulated, has the right kind of fracture, and in particular, if there's no safety netting, social Um, kind of situation isn't favourable there's no way of being sure that this person is safe at home then then we should be thinking Um, and so that's what I've taken from reading about this is that anything to add on on top of that?
1: I wouldn't add any further than that I think it's like we say it's a common variant uncommonly we may see it but it's certainly worth it's a a terrible thing to miss
0: absolutely and um, you've seen one and it had a favourable outcome and probably because it happened whilst you had them in front of you um, in the in the emergency department. So, um, yeah, it it isn't necessarily, as the name suggests, death for everybody, but it certainly has the potential to to do that. So, uh, so we should all be aware of it. And I'm amazed that these sorts of conditions, the, these these injuries, these um, the, these uh, types of condition, keep popping up on my radar. And I think, God, I I'm I rack my brain and think have I read this and just forgotten it or have I never encountered it and I genuinely don't remember ever reading about this and it's got the sort of name that I think I would remember it would stick there like a like a Harry Potter spell it's kind of just quite memorable so um, uh, had you heard of it before you encountered it? No I
1: hadn't heard of it either until um, the radiology report came back on the (laughs) patient
0: And I'll put a few links in the show notes to to papers people can read, but it does amaze me that um, that these things come about, and it was only because you took the time to email the podcast that I then read about it, and now we can share it with everybody who's listening. So if you are listening and you have any... um, anything you think that is worth sharing that, uh, that, that would surprise me as to um, uh, surprise my ignorance, then then please email podcast at rnzcuc.org.nz, just like Tim did. Um, but for now, thank you, Tim, for um, both the suggestion and for, for talking to us. And I'm sure we'll chat to you again in the future.
1: Thanks, Guy.